Awesome. Well, hey, good morning, Trace. How are we doing this morning? How's everybody feeling? How's everybody feeling? Glad that you're here. I want to say welcome to all of you in this room. I want to say welcome to those of you watching online. Thanks for joining us online, or maybe you're listening to this at a later date. And so uh, welcome to this conversation. Welcome to Trace. We're glad that you're here. I also want to say a special welcome to all of our guests with us today. Thank you so much. And for those of you that made it a point, I even had somebody come up to me and say, hey, we pushed our vacation day off so we could be here for your last Sunday for a little while. And uh, I'm incredibly grateful. Hopefully I don't disappoint you uh, today, uh, but thanks for being here. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I did announce last Sunday and also sent out in an email communication this past week that this will be my last Sunday for a while as I'm going to be taking uh, a sabbatical. And so before I jump into my sermon, uh, I'll give you a heads up on kind of what this looks like. Like, what, what does this look like for me and our family as we go into this sabbatical season? Uh, what does that mean for this church? And I'm even going to talk a little bit about, like, why I've chosen to do this now. So if you'll just give me a moment before I jump into my sermon, uh, let me talk about that uh, just for a moment. In the beginning of this year, particularly this year, in 2021, in the beginning of this year, uh, I started to take some time to focus more deeply on the condition of my soul. And the reason that I chose to do that is because, like many of you, uh, 2020 left a mark. 2020 left a mark. And uh, if you've been coming to Trace for any amount of time, you know that we say that this is a place that you can stop pretending because we highly value transparency here, highly value transparency here. And so, guys, this is me not pretending. Uh, 2020 was one hell of a year to be a lead pastor of a church. It really was for many reasons. And my personality is one that says, hey, like, who cares how hard it is? Like, let's figure it out. Let's keep moving. Let's press forward. Let's do what has to be done, whatever it takes. And that's just kind of been my personality is I've always been that way. I don't want to settle. I want to keep moving. I want to keep taking another hill. And I'm okay if there's a challenge in front of me. And so that's what we do, right? As leaders, uh, the, the quickest way that I could define what a leader is for you is we figure things out. So, hey, we got a big challenge in front of us with all this pandemic stuff and with all the political divide and with all the racial divide, but let's figure it out. It's what we do. But after plowing really hard for an extended amount of time, I had to just slow down and, and truly invite because that's my personality, just to keep going and not really take time to think, think about the the shrapnel that I may be taking on as a leader. And so after processing through some of that with our management team, which are the overseers that oversee this church, we thought it would be a good idea to be in the best interest for me and in the best interest of this church for me to take an extended time of rest, which is what a sabbatical is. If you're new to church and you're new to like, what, what is even a sabbatical? They recommend that guys in my position take a sabbatical every seven years of full-time ministry. I've been in full-time ministry for 15 years and I've never taken one. And so as you can imagine, it's long overdue. But I wanna be clear about something because sometimes people read into these things, something that's not there. I'm not doing this because I'm burned out. I don't know if I could, I, th I think I could say this honestly, that it's like, I've never been more excited about the future of Trace. Um, I'm not doing this because something wrong happened, something bad happened behind the scenes. There's no, no weird cover-up story happening here or anything like that. This truly is preventative. Uh, this truly is just an opportunity for me to kind of step, step back for a season and let God renew and refresh my soul in, in ways that I don't even know that he needs to yet. And I really do believe that not only is this best for me, in the, excuse me, in this season, but I also believe it's best for this church because uh, when I come back, man, I plan, 
I plan to come back renewed with vision and mission and excitement for what I know God is ready to do in and through this church in the next season. I'm going to be talking about that a little bit more today. So what does this mean for Trace in my absence? Um, You're not going to see me over the course of the summer. Uh, During this time, I am going to be heavily investing in my family. I'm going to be heavily investing in my own personal faith, and I'm going to be doing a lot of fishing. Uh, Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm going to be digitally disengaged. I'm getting off all of my social media accounts. I'm going to get off emails and all work-related items. And I I just got to say this. uh, It is such an incredible blessing uh, for me to be able to do this and not worry one iota that this place is going to be led just fine without me. I've got an incredible team uh, that works with me each and every week to be ministers of God's, uh, the, the gospel of Jesus around here and loving people and extending hope when life hurts and just overseeing all the functions of a church. And so uh, what a blessing it is for me to be able to step away and not worry about anything, <clears throat> excuse me, missing a beat here. Uh, you're also gonna be under incredible teaching with Dr. Trent and Josiah covering the preaching while I'm gone. And if you, again, you've been here for any amount of time, you know that those guys do a phenomenal job. And so the covering of preaching and teaching, you guys are gonna be in good shape. And so here's what I would ask of you uh, during that absence over the course of the summer. Um, anytime the Lord puts me on your mind, I would just ask that you would pray. Uh, pray that I find divine rest. For those of you that know me well, I've, I've never rested well. I've never slept well. Um, and I you know, make those moments, you know, or I'm sorry, I make those comments where it's like sleep's overrated because that's how I have to deal with my lack of sleep. It's overrated. You don't need sleep. You'll get plenty of sleep when you die. Um, but you know as well as I do that it is important. And so I just, just pray that I'd find divine rest, uh, that I'd have some sweet moments with my family and with my heavenly father. And this is a, a time for me just to be reminded that at the end of the day, yes, I lead a church, but I'm just one of God's kids and he loves his kids. And I, and I probably need to be reminded of that more than anything because I'm just always plowing, always moving forward. And so I just ask that you would pray with me uh, for me in those particular areas. Sound good? Uh, let me pray right now. And then I do want to jump into my sermon for today. God, thank you for today. God, thanks for the opportunity to be able to, get, to take a step away from this. And truly what a blessing it is to not have to worry about anything being left undone. Uh, God, I have no doubt uh, that this church does not need me to elevate the name of Jesus. This church does not need me to make sure that his name is becoming more famous in our city and our neighborhoods and our families. And so I'm incredibly grateful for that. And so I pray both a blessing over my family and our time away, but also this church as we're away. God, I'd love to come back and this church is experiencing more, more momentum without me than it is with me. And so God, uh, just pray that you're in every detail of all of that and pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, a couple months ago, um, our church was actually presented with an opportunity. A couple months ago, our church was presented with an opportunity to potentially secure our future home as a church. Now, if you don't know this, again, if you're new to Trace, you should know that uh, this is a leased space and we have about two and a half years left on that lease. And so again, as what you will always have in, in me as a leader is anticipating where do we need to go next. And so we were looking at this potential opportunity that kind of fell into our lap, but ultimately, ultimately we had to walk away from that opportunity for one specific reason, we weren't prepared. Today, what I'd like to do for us, Trace, is talk about 
What does it look like for us to both get prepared, but more importantly, be prepared for what God wants to do in and through us as a church next? Because I have no doubt, and hopefully you have no doubt, that God's got big plans in store for this church. And so I want to talk to us about what it looks like for us to get prepared and to be prepared for the next opportunity that could come our way if it were to be presented to us again. So in order to get to where I want to go, what I want to do is I want to take a few moments and just talk about the importance of preparation. In general, I want to kind of build this, this framework about the importance of preparation. So let me begin with a question. How many of you would say that at some point in your life that you've been presented with an opportunity that you, want, you didn't feel prepared for? Like at some point yeah, throughout your life, a lot of you have, me too. And uh, one of the things that you might, may have experienced, because most Americans have, is there is a common nightmare. One of the most commonly experienced nightmares is showing, showing up to something that you weren't prepared for. Anybody ever had one of those dreams? And uh, as a lead pastor of a church, several times, several times I have dreamed that I showed up to this church or a church. And when I showed up, I was supposed to preach on something. I didn't have any notes and I had no idea what I was supposed to preach on. And then you add me being naked sometimes in those dreams. And it was like a, yeah. And so uh, it's in all of us, right? I think there's, there's something inside all of us that makes us kind of feel some angst if we ever find ourselves in a situation that we don't feel prepared for. And when we have those moments in time in our lives, I think one of two things often happens. I think it either demotivates you or it motivates you. In other words, it could demotivate you to, to steer clear of those situations again, because maybe in those moments of feeling ill-prepared, you, you kind of felt embarrassed. You felt discouraged. You felt like, man, I don't ever want to be put in this situation like this again. And so you kind of stay away from those kind of situations and just, and just play it safe. But maybe the opposite is also true. Maybe the opposite true would be true for you and it would be for me. And that is when I have moments where I feel ill-prepared for something, it actually motivates me. It motivates me to want to get better. That moment of not feeling prepared makes me want to study more, learn more, and be ready for the next time that that opportunity or another opportunity could present itself. And again, for what it's worth, this is something that you'll always have in me as a leader because I always want to be better. I want to be a better preacher and pastor for this church. I really do. I want to be a better leader for my team. I want to be a better husband to my wife. She would say it's not possible, but I want to be, I want to be a better father. I want to be a better father for my kids. Something that you'll always have in me as a leader is that I don't ever want to settle. I don't want to settle for the status quo, and I don't want you to settle for the status quo either. Listen to me. I think I could say this for all of us. I think all of us I think all of us want to be prepared, especially when other people are depending on us. And I think I could also say that all of us want other people to be prepared if we're depending on them. Just think about it in this context. What, how would it make you feel if I showed up here on Sunday and I was like, oh man, I forgot what I was gonna talk about today. And it was, there was a Bible verse somewhere in the Bible that I was gonna, I can't remember exactly what it was. Like how motivated, if that was an, a common experience, how motivated would you, you be to come back to church if I was that ill-prepared every week? And for what it's worth, I put about 10 to 15 hours into every sermon before I get up here on a Sunday because I think you deserve that. I really do. I think you deserve that. More importantly, I think God deserves that. When I hire someone to work for me, 
I usually let them know that, hey, one of the reasons why I'm paying you, one of the reasons why I'm compensating you is because I want you, I expect you to be prepared. Trace, I'm saying all of this because I want us to be prepared. I want us to know that if God were to give us another opportunity, if God were to present another unique opportunity in front of us, I would want us to be prepared because right now, listen to me, right now we are not. We're not. And I'm not okay with that. And I don't want you to be okay with that. When that opportunity that I mentioned a few moments ago, when that opportunity was presented to us a few months back, It was fun. It was fun to dream. It was fun to think about like, hey, this could be our future home. Like we could secure the future foundation of Trace Church. And it was fun to think about. And we started talking to lending agencies and what does it look like for us to borrow money if we needed to do that? And then we had a a contractor here in the church that went over and kind of looked over the facility that we were potentially going to, to, to take, to buy, to purchase. And He was giving us numbers on what it was gonna take for us to renovate it, to get it to where we needed it to be. And again, we had to walk away simply for one reason, and that was we were not prepared financially. And ever since that moment, truly, ever since that moment, I've been thinking and I've been praying a lot, God, what does it look like? What does it look like for us to be prepared? Because I think... I think God honors that. I think when God sees a church and a people that are going after his son Jesus, preparing for him to do bigger and greater things. I think God honors that. I would say it this way. I believe our preparation leads to God's provision. I believe our preparation leads to God's provision. I think if God sees us planning and praying and preparing for him to move powerfully in and through our church, I think he honors that. And so I want to show you, I want to take a moment, and this is a family moment, and I know some of you are here for the first time today, and this is going to be a different type of sermon, and um, you know, feel free to eavesdrop in on this conversation, but this really is a family moment for those of us that are committed to this place, call this place home, that this place has been a part of our transformational journey when it comes to our faith in Jesus. I want to have a, a family moment with you. And I want to show you and describe to you what I think it looks like for us to be prepared in the future for God to provide something incredible. Right now, um, as a church, we have about 300, well, actually just a little over $300,000 in the bank, <laughs> which is incredible. Uh, we're only four and a half years old, and we've ne- never borrowed a dime as a church. Can we just give it up for God for that reason alone? Our story is one that a lot of other church plants look to. I meet with church plants all the time, church planters all the time and talk to them uh, and encourage them because I've seen what God can do in a short period of time when you're faithful and when you continue to, to look to him and only him and you make sure that Jesus is the name that is resounding in places like this. Not, not my name, but the name of Jesus where we're focused on what we know he can do and the transformation that he can bring and the lives that he can save. And we've seen God do incredible things here. And right now, again, we only have, uh, I shouldn't say we only, we have a little over $300,000 in the bank. But in order for us to make a strategic move in the future, we need to add to that $300,000 this number right here. And yes, I know that there's some cliche around this number, so everybody put their pinky on the side of the mountain and say one mil, okay, sorry. Um, 
And the reason why this is a significant number is because as we were talking to lenders, specifically lenders that only lend money to churches, they let us know that we need $1.3 million in the bank. So we've got 300. If we add another million, we need $1.3 million in the bank to borrow 5 million. So with that 1.3 million in the bank, and then if we were to borrow 5 million, now we have $6.3 million ready to make a strategic move with if God were to present another opportunity to us again. And for what it's worth, guys, I would say that even 6.3 would be on the low end, but it's an incredible start. So let me give you a quick timeline of what you need to know if you call this place home, just so uh, you're in this with us, right? We're family here, we're family. And so you kind of need to know as I'm anticipating where things are going and where we need to be in the future. Here's a couple things you need to know. In January of 2024, our lease will end in this space. And likely um, it will not, let me say it like this. Our lease could potentially double, if not triple once it ends which in my mind says that we're not using and stewarding God's resources well for us to pay that kind of money to be in a lease situation. So in my mind, I'm hoping that we can find our future permanent home. In January, which means in January of 2023, we're going to need to be prepared for our next move because we're gonna need that year, that window of one year to renovate, you know, to everything that has to happen in order for us to get ready to make a permanent move into a new facility. And for those of you that have kids in our kids' ministry, like, again, you just need to understand this. We're already out of room in our kids' spaces. We're gonna run out of room in our kids' spaces before we run, run out of room here. And we're committed, absolutely committed to being a church that's reaching and developing the next generation. And so we're thinking about that a lot, which means, okay, January 2024, our lease ends. January 2023, we need to be ready to make another move, which means in 18 months, we need to raise, ready, everybody do it, one, okay, one million dollars. So here's what I need you to do. Between now and our five-year anniversary on September 12th, which is insane to me that we're having our five-year anniversary. And the reason I get even a little bit choked up about that is because I meet with, I meet with church leaders and church planners all the time and only about 30% of all church plans even make it to be five years old. And so you just need to know that it's an incredible story that God is writing here. And on our five-year anniversary, September 12th of this year, uh, you need to know it's going to be a banger of a celebration. Uh, like we're, we're going all out and we're going to celebrate all that God has done in the last five years of this church. But at the same time, what we want to do is we want to start putting seeds in the ground for what we know God wants to do in the future of this church. Does anybody not believe that God wants to do even greater things in the next five years than he's done in the last five? That he wants to do incredibly more than what we could ever ask or imagine? That he wants to continue the story of life transformation in Jesus that's been happening here for the last five years? But I need to let you know, if we're gonna hit this goal, it's gonna take all of us sacrificially giving. It's going to take all of us, not just giving comfortably, but it's gonna take all of us bringing a sacrificial gift so that we can secure the future of this church. A sacrificial gift. This is, this is gonna be one of those things where none of you can sit on the sidelines. This is going to be a stretch for us as a church. But we do believe that by getting prepared, we're expecting God's provision. By getting prepared, we're expecting God's provision. And so we're putting seeds in the ground, which is why we're calling this a seeds offering. I wanna show you and share with you something that the apostle Paul once said when he wrote to the church in Corinth. In 2 Corinthians chapter nine, he says this. He said, remember this. 
A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Now, let me give you some context for that because right up before this, Paul is actually letting them know, hey, we're gonna be coming to you guys and we're going to be um, receiving an offering from you to take back to Jerusalem because there's a lot of incredible things happening in the name of Jesus back in Jerusalem. And so over and over again, leading up to this passage, he says, so get prepared. Be prepared. Like before we come, get prepared because I don't want anybody just feeling like they have to give out a rug. Like start thinking now and start praying now. What would it be? What could it be? What kind of sacrificial gift could you bring so that we can reach more people in Jerusalem? And he says, don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide. Everybody say provide. Provision. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. Maybe somebody's struggling today. Like, let me get completely off of my sermon. Maybe somebody's struggling today and you're wondering how you're gonna make rent. You're wondering how you're gonna provide food for your kids. You're wondering how you're gonna make that next next payment with your bills. My hope is that God shows up in your life and and he does so oftentimes through places like this and he provides, he provides what you need, not maybe what you want. There's a big point of distinction there. Maybe not what you want, but what you need. God provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat in the same way he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. I believe our preparation, I believe our preparation leads to God's provision. And let me make a really strong statement to you this morning. If we aren't willing to get prepared, if we aren't willing to get prepared, I'm not sure how much we should expect God to provide. Can I say it again? If we aren't willing to get prepared, I'm not sure how much we should expect God to provide. So Trace, this is what I'm going to ask of you. And it's a big ask. On the screen is going to be a list of different gifts that we're going to have to receive to meet our $500,000 goal. I don't think I said that yet. On September 12th, my hope is that we can knock out half of that million dollar goal by bringing a $500,000 seed offering. And so what I would encourage you, strongly encourage you to consider is when you, look at the, when you look at that, and again, nobody gets to sit on the sidelines on this one. When you look at that, you're probably gonna be able to quickly point to a number and say, I know we could do that. Like, I know we could do that. So then I want you to actually go a step above whatever you know you can do and start to think and pray, how could I actually do the next one? That would be a sacrificial gift. All of us could bring a gift to the table and say, yeah, 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 we could do that. But if it's a sacrificial gift, that means it's going to stretch you. It means that you're gonna have to go and have some conversations with God where it's like, God, if we're gonna do this, like we're gonna trust you because this feels uncomfortable. And listen to me, I promise you this is true. And some of you will get this more than others because you've been around churches long enough and you've been around churches that were generous and you've been around churches that were not generous. But the church that sacrifices together, I promise you, is the church that will be strengthened together. 
When we make sacrifices for the sake of God's kingdom and not building our own little kingdoms, because we all get caught up in that, especially as Americans. We get caught up in this little American dream where we kind of forget about the things that we can invest in now that will leave a ripple effect that will far outlive our life. And so instead, we just invest in our own little kingdoms that will make a very, that will make a very small difference in a little bit amount of time. And you know, I say, this all, I say this all the time. All we have, all any of us have before we shut our eyes for the very last time is just a little bit of time and a little bit of opportunity. And I don't think I need to sell this to you, right? You know, with your little bit of time and your little bit of opportunity, you will make the biggest difference in how that time, those treasures will be invested in the kingdom of God, not in building your own little kingdoms. Let me be clear. This is not about investing in brick and mortar, Right? This is not about investing in brick and mortar. This is about investing in a place that I think has already got a track record and being a church that's going to extend hope when life hurts, a church who is willing to do anything short of sin so that we can remove obstacles so that we can get you to Jesus because at the feet of Jesus, your life can be changed. This past week, we were having our rooted celebration and there was a gentleman that got baptized and afterwards his wife came up to Emily and I and said, I wanna let you know that you planted this church to save my husband's life. You planted this church to save my husband's life. This is not an investment. This is not a sacrificial offering to go into brick and mortar. This is a sacrificial offering so that we can continue to save people's lives in the name of Jesus. And again, I don't think I need to sell it. You see examples of life change all over this place. And so can I just get you to wrestle with a question? Is there anything else in your life right now? Just take time to process through this. Is there anything else in your life right now that you're giving to that is is leading to more life change in Jesus other than this church? And if there is, listen to me, ready? Give to that. Like if there's something else that you're giving to right now that's leading to more life change in Jesus than than this church is, then keep giving to that. But if there isn't, then I'm asking you to come prepared on September 12th to bring the biggest gift that you've ever brought to a church in your life. To sacrificially give so that other people can hopefully have a moment of salvation in the future, a moment where they finally come to the the conclusion that I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, and they say yes to Jesus. And we see more and more people submit to the waters of baptism and you're gonna get to celebrate a baptism today. Our preparation, our preparation leads to God's provision. Now, I wanna be clear about a couple of things. This is, this, is above, this is an above and beyond gift, meaning like don't, start, don't stop giving between now and September just so your gift is bigger then. Um, if you don't know, we do have an ongoing budget. And so uh, keep giving what you're giving. And maybe for some of you, maybe for some of you, this is a time to finally start get, just giving to the church in general, maybe to start tithing. If you've never heard me explain this, uh, these are the four areas of giving, if they'll throw it up there on the screen. You have giving, which could be literally a penny, right? I mean, if you give, you can give a penny and it's giving. And so you have giving. Tithing actually means to give 10%. This is what the Bible considers and teaches as faithfulness. God says, give 10% back to the kingdom of God of all the things he's given to you. Everything that you have in your possessions now is only there because God gave it to you. And so uh, to be faithful as followers of Jesus when it comes to our finances, the Bible teaches that that's tithing, giving 10%. Some of you have been in in that in-between area between giving and tithing, can I encourage you to make the step 
to take the step and go ahead and commit to tithing. The next level would be generosity. So you've got giving, which could be anything. You've got tithing, which is 10%. But then when you start giving above and beyond 10%, now we're talking about generosity. And then a step above that would be sacrificial giving. The kind of giving where it's like, ah, this is going, we're going to feel this. We're going to feel this. If I were to give you guys an assessment of kind of where we're at as a church, the mass majority of us are still in the, in the first bucket of giving. The mass majority of people that come to this church have not even taken the step to, to be faithful in their giving and their resources and their finances to give a 10% tithe back to the kingdom of God. And listen, you know, if you're new here, then you've never heard this, but if you've been coming here for a while, you've heard this a lot. If you can find another place that's leading to more life change in Jesus, then don't give here. Then don't give here. Give to whatever that is. But if this place has truly become a place that has heavily influenced your faith and you know it will be the same kind of thing, like don't be selfish with that experience that you've had here because there are hundreds, if not thousands of more people that will experience the exact same thing in the future. And so here's what I wanna say. I'm gonna close with this. If this church has meant something to you, if this church has meant something for your kids, if you see evidence of the Holy Spirit using this place to transform lives, if you see how this church is making a difference in our city and building a longer table for people from all walks of life, if this is the kind of church that you've been looking for and have no problem inviting your unchurched friends to, by the way, if you invited your unchurched friend today, I'm sorry, it's the money talk. If this church has actually helped you to stop hiding, listen, if this church has actually helped you to stop hiding, and giving you a safe place where you can come out of hiding, where you can stop pretending. And from that experience, you've actually found some healing in your life. If this has been a place that has helped you to discover or rediscover what it looks like to have a deep, meaningful relationship with your heavenly father, then I'm asking you to come prepared on September 12th with a sacrificial gift, not to give to brick and mortar, but to give so that we can keep saving lives in the name of Jesus, amen? Our preparation, church, our preparation leads to God's provision. Maybe you have a yard sale. <laughs> Maybe you sell some stuff. Maybe you get your kids involved because you want them to see what it means to invest in the kingdom of God and not just their own little kingdoms. Maybe you don't take that second vacation. Maybe you don't buy that new car. Maybe you sell a car and give the proceeds to the church. And some of you are like, whoa, 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 Aaron, settle down. I don't want to settle down. I don't want to settle down. I want to get prepared. I don't want to settle down because all we have is a little bit of time and a little bit of opportunity. I want to stay the course. I want to look to God for bigger and greater things. I want to expect God to show up in ways that will blow all of our minds. I don't want to settle down. You'll never have that in me as a leader. I'm not going to settle for the status quo. In Luke chapter nine, Jesus said this. He says, if any, of you want, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. And if you try to hang on to your life, you're gonna lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. You see, church, if following Jesus has never led us to a place of sacrifice, we have to ask the question, are we really following Jesus or are we just fans of his? Because if we're really following Jesus, I promise you, he will lead you to a place of sacrifice, not just in your finances, but in all areas of life. And may we be a church. May we always be a church 
that's willing to make sacrifices together. Because I promise you, when you find a church that's making sacrifices together, you will find a church that is being strengthened together. Let me pray for us. Uh, Father, God, I, I just want to hand this off to you. Uh, Father, I've done my best to communicate what I felt like I needed to communicate leading up to this. And God, man, it's my hope, and I think I'm speaking on behalf of most people in this room when I say it's our hope that when you look down and when you see Trace Church, you see a people, you see a people getting prepared. You see a people who are expecting bigger and greater things from you. You're seeing a people who are willing to make sacrifices and not just looking to build our own little kingdoms, but God, our primary focus is to build your kingdom. God, my hope is that when you look down and you see Trace Church, you see people that aren't just fans of your son, Jesus, but are committed, fully devoted followers of Jesus that are coming to you every day and just asking God, what does it look like for me to be faithful today? And God, I believe that if we will make a commitment to that, if we will continue to allow that to be our mantra, a resounding echo from everyone in this room, God, I believe all of us will be amazed on how you're gonna work and use this church in the future. And so God, would you show each of us, would you work in each of our lives to show us what does it look like for us to bring a sacrificial gift? What does it look like for us to be prepared? God, we love you and we pray this in Christ's name, amen.